I invite you to rise in body or spirit for our call to worship this morning. Let there be joy in our coming together this morning. Let there be truth heard in the words that we speak and the songs that we sing. Let there be help and healing for our disharmony and despair. Let there be silence for the voice within us and beyond us. Let there be joy in our coming together. The words of Reverend Carl Seberg. In these days of pride, and delight, we gather to light our chalice. And in this flame, we see a reflection of our Unitarian Universalist burning for justice and the comforting warmth we feel in our congregations. May all our senses awaken to this. I invite you to join me in singing Raise Your Voices. If you haven't grabbed a hymnal already, it's the Gray Book, number 298, Wake Now My Senses. We'll do the first three verses as printed, and then we'll jump over to the top of the second page and sing the last verse. Wake now my senses and hear the earth Jump over to verse 5, top of the next page. Verse 5, here we go. Wake now my vision. be seated. Good morning. morning. Welcome everyone to First Unitarian in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Whether this is your first, second, or 700th time here, whether you are in the sanctuary, the family room, or at the social hall at the other end of the building, we welcome you to our worship and our celebration today. Let's take a moment to look around at the members of this beautiful congregation. Notice the people near you or far away. It feels good, doesn't it? It's good to be together. My name is John Eldridge and I'll be your worship leader this morning. My pronouns are he, him, and I am cisgender male. Everyone, regardless of their identities or intersectionalities, are welcome here at First Unitarian. Feel free to ask me about anything related to our worship service or any announcement after the service. I'll answer your questions or find the person here who can. This may be a place of stillness, but while we are here together, it is never a place of total silence. 
And we wouldn't want it, would we? We love all the little sounds that remind us that this is a living, multi-generational congregation. Don't forget that here, right now, is our playground. We have toys here and a soft rug to hang out on, and it looks like there's still room during the service. We still have activity table in the back, and I noticed that was in use with some very busy young people, and the family room across the way with toys and a live feed of the service. We bring our whole selves into this moment, mind, body, and spirit. Our whole selves loved for who we are. Come, let us worship together. Today we are celebrating with Reverend Bob as he begins his sabbatical. And even though we aren't going with him, we can also take moments for rest and renewal each day. So let's practice some intentional rest and some intentional renewal right now. Let your body relax in whatever way feels most comfortable. Let's start the process of calming our minds. Maybe close your eyes, perhaps ground your feet to the floor or to your chair, whatever it is that helps you feel more calm. As you breathe, let each breath take in cleansing new air. And let each exhaled breath physically release whatever is not currently serving you. As you take each breath, welcome that rejuvenating air into each cell in your body. And picture all those cells for a minute. Maybe personify them a bit. Picture those cells with each breath. Imagine them experiencing that air with immense joy. As you take in each breath, imagine each cell celebrating that rejuvenation. What does that look like in your body? Maybe each cell turns rainbow colors for just a moment when you breathe. Maybe each cell sparkles. Maybe each breath makes your cells fill with glittering joy. As we sit in stillness for the next two minutes, let your cells Celebrate.
Let's offer up a collective prayer for all of those who are on our hearts this morning. At the sound of the chime, you are invited to say aloud the names of anyone who could use some extra supportive energy this morning. I add a few to these prayers. This morning we lift up Elisa Cooper de Uribe, who has been in the hospital, and Lisa Westfall, who is experiencing health struggles. May they both feel our prayers and our love. And may all these prayers be held by the great powers of healing and renewal known by many names. It was such a joy to celebrate pride yesterday with so many from this congregation and from around Albuquerque. And as pride celebrations continue across the country this month, we pray for everyone's safety and for their joy. Last Sunday, we had a report of an anti-gay disruptor who drove through our parking lot here after the service, yelling through a microphone. If anyone else witnessed that or heard about it, just feel free to reach out to Angela. And here, may the hatred and fear of others not diminish our love and not diminish our delight at being human in this world. What beauty there is in being together in this community filled with love where we can soften the hard places, where we can bolster our courage, where we can rejoice in the blissful sounds of children and hold one another in great care. Amen. And truly, may delight and joy be with you. As we're talking about rest and reflection and refreshment, I'd like to share this beautiful song by Jesus Adrian Romero, Sumergeme, Submerge Me in the River of Your Spirit, that I may refresh this parched heart. Immerse me, tired of the way, thirsty for you, I have crossed the desert. I stayed without strength, I came to you. I fought like a soldier, and sometimes I suffered, although I won the fight. I have worn my armor. I come to you. Immerse me in the river of your spirit, that I may refresh this parched heart. Sumergeme. Cansado del camino, sediendo de ti. Un desierto he cruzado, sin fuerzas he quedado, vengo a ti. Luché como soldado, y a veces sufrí. Y aunque la lucha he ganado, mi armadura he descartado, vengo a ti. Necesito refrescar este seco corazón sediento de ti. Sumérgeme en el río de tu espíritu. Necesito refrescar este seco corazón sediento de ti. 
como soldado y a veces sufrí y aunque la lucha y ganado mi amor duro he disfrutado Necesito refrescar este seco corazón sediento de ti. Sumérgeme en el río de tu espíritu. Necesito refrescar este seco corazón sediento de ti. Gracias. Our reading this morning is titled The Task of the Religious Community by Mark Morrison Reed. The central task of the religious community is to unveil the bonds that bind each to all. There is a connectedness, a relationship discovered amid the particulars of our own lives and the lives of others. Once felt, it inspires us to act for justice. It is in the church that assures us that we are not struggling for justice on our own, but as members of a larger community. The religious community is essential for alone our vision is too narrow to see all that must be seen and our strength too limited to do all that must be done. Together, our vision widens and our strength is renewed. Happy Pride, y'all, right? Who, who marched yesterday? Oh, man. So much joy, so much joy. I started serving this congregation as your associate minister in August of 2019, almost four years ago. And man, it's been a weird four years. <laughs> Understatement of the century, right? <laughs> Reverend Angela regularly reminds me and the staff here at the church that we are good at looking forward. And maybe we should get better at looking back and reminding ourselves about the good things that we've done. So today we're going to look back at the last four years and think about the shower of delights. Yes, the shower of delights that came our way. And you may, thinking, you may be thinking that I have lost my mind <laughs> or become a complete Pollyanna. What delights? Have you forgotten about the devastating pandemic? What about the decay of democracy or the non-response to global warming? How about four years of government of grift and fascism? But the poet Ross Gay, who wrote the beautiful, spectacular Book of Delights, acknowledges that a lot of life is not delightful. And that's what makes noticing delight so important. Ross Gay considers paying attention to delight a necessity, and not paying attention to delight is to be negligent. So sure, the last six years have been rough, and to ignore the delight, specifically the delight that we encounter in this congregation, is to be negligent. So like I said, I got here in August of 2019, and almost immediately a whole bunch of us drove down to El Paso for the Poor People's Campaign rally with a hero of mine, Reverend William Barber, who was on that trip. 
Right on, Judy, you and I rode in the same car together. Just the fact that so many people were up for that was a sign that I was in the right place. I'd moved here, I didn't know a soul, and I wondered if I was in the right place, but that was a good sign. You know, and I also learned something else about that day as someone moving here from Buffalo, New York. Folks in the Mountain West have a different relationship to driving. <laughs> and going to El Paso and back is considered a normal trip in one day. <laughs> so back east, that drive would take you through four different states and would require at least a, two days of recovery between going out and coming back. So things I've learned. That was a great moment, though. And I had six months of church, getting to know the church, getting to know Albuquerque before society shut down in March of 2020. And obviously, this is the defining moment of the last three years. And it might be wrong to call the hard decision that Angela and I made about closing the church, to call it a delight. But there really was a small delight in the way we did it in that moment when we were at a conference in Colorado, we found a little nook, a little quiet kitchen where no one was using it, and we put our heads down in prayer. And we saw the faces of the people in this congregation, and we knew we had to protect everybody. So that we would make such a big decision with that kind of quiet discernment, with such a statement about what we aspire to be with this church, that we're not just another nonprofit, but we're a place where we consider the outer voices, yes, as well as the inner voices of intuition when we make big decisions. So the transition to online worship was jarring, I'm sure, for everyone. But frankly, it was not new territory for me. Folks may know that I did my ministerial internship with the Church of the Larger Fellowship, which is, at the time, was Unitarian Universalism's only online church. In 2014, it was the UU's only online church. And here's a funny story. At the time, in 2014, I had to fight with the credentialing body at the UUA to have that, my time with the CLF qualify as a legitimate internship, because back then, online church was not considered real church. So, I may have experienced a little bit of wicked delight <laughs> when all the churches closed in 2020 across the whole country, and suddenly the, dozens of, the dozen or so folks who, who were ministers who had done their internship at the Church of the Larger Fellowship were suddenly getting panicked calls from all over the country about how to do Zoom worship. I never hesitate to remind the Ministerial Fellowship Committee of that fact. <laughs> Not proud of it. It was, for real though, very painful to lose face-to-face -face contact just as I was starting to contact, just as I was starting to learn the congregation, starting to meet y'all. But at least I did have a sense of what to do to make online worship important and engaging and real for folks, a powerful source of connection. But the rest of the staff, that wasn't the case, and I think folks really struggled heroically, heroically, to adjust to this very weird new reality. Everyone did such amazing work, but I really have to take my hat off to Susan Peck. Without complaint or hesitation, Susan jumped into immediately learning new technology to bring sophisticated music to online worship. And what yeah. And I'm sure what folks didn't see is that because the services were online, it brought a host of really complicated copyright issues that Susan had to navigate as she was choosing music. And I so admired what she accomplished. But all of it was wild. Like, we knew we were doing a big change. And I want to I actually just share a short clip about how strange, how, how, how the, things we, the things that we tried to do to make worship more interesting, more intimate when we were watching on computers. And if you could just run that real fast, it'll take us back to those days.
poet David White says, to have courage is to stay close to the way that you are made. To have courage is to stay close to the way you are made. Last week I wrote a blog post for our website in which I said that we will never cancel church. We will never cancel church. That's because our church is not made up of Sunday in-person gatherings. It's not made of buildings or potlucks. Those are expressions of our church. What church is really made of is something more like what the poet Robert Walsh calls the tensile strands of love. The tensile strands of love that bend and stretch to hold you in the web of life that's often torn but always healing. I tell you, teleporting is complicated. Doesn't always work out the way you think it's going to work out. But here I am, and I'm glad to be here. Well, kids, do you want to help me call Carl and Lucia? Carl, Carl, Lucia, Lucia. Oh, hey there. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? Oh, are you looking for the people? Yeah, they're still not here. They're at home watching us on Zoom, remember? You'll remember that Susan went on to do even more sophisticated stuff with the choir, but you saw, you know, homilies from someone's dining room, you know, and us just trying to patch together as best we can. And let's not forget the rest of the staff who were challenged to do their old jobs in new ways with new tools. And they did such a good job in a difficult situation. You know, Mia Noren and Alana Rodriguez and Lara Magnuson, so good. During the pandemic, I think all of us staff and ministers and congregants alike, wondered how we could keep the connections that are the lifeblood of this church. And some delightful ideas emerged. For example, we started Vespers on Wednesday nights, these little half hour services that are an oasis of calm in the middle of the week. And I love that our lay leaders have taken over creating and presenting those, I love that. And they're still going on, they're little gems of beauty that help us stay connected during the week, and you're welcome to check them out Wednesday night at seven o'clock. And there were many other efforts to be connected, but I wanna share with particular delight one of them, a group of really thoughtful congregants, really thoughtful congregants, came together as we approached the holidays in 2020. Remember how weird that was gonna be, the idea of the holidays and the, and the pandemic? They came together with the desire to make sure that anyone who was who might be feeling isolated, that they were told that they were being thought about. So as Thanksgiving approached, as Thanksgiving approached, they assembled a list of folks that they knew lived alone, and they sent greeting cards to each of them. It was hundreds of people. And it was a small thing, I suppose, but I think it made a real difference for folks. And 
That is some real delight right there. And there were many others. Also during the pandemic, the church was given the opportunity to purchase the building to the south of us. South? <laughs> Believe it or not, I was a scout in the Marine Corps and I'm terrible at directions. Like, barely read a map. Not, not a good Marine. Anyways, as we approached this big decision, I loved the conversation that we had around the, the purchase. Folks were real, they had great ideas, they pushed the church leadership, including myself, to be clear about why we were doing this. And I also appreciated the incredible generosity that the congregation showed. So now we have this building and we're, while we're figuring out what to do with it next, we are renting it to a rehab facility that is providing a critical service to the Albuquerque community and we are making that possible. So I'm really proud of us for that moment. A lot of delight there. But folks may recall that Reverend Angela was on sabbatical when we made that purchase. And she knew it was in the works when she went out and she knew it was a possibility, but it was really, I thought it was really fun to say, welcome back Angela, we bought a building. <laughs> I'm not sure how much delight she felt about that one. But back in 2019, when we started, it was clear that the church had outgrown its administrative capacity. And my first career before ministry was nonprofit finance and operations, so I had a real sense for the lack. We just did not have the staff to do what we needed to do as a church our size. And so we began a long process of hiring different folks and trying different staffing configurations until we found the secret sauce. And now we're blessed with a phenomenal admin staff who make it possible for us to focus on the mission. So, but it wasn't an easy path. And folks may remember the revolving door, especially on the operations side. We offered the position to three different candidates, all who said no, but two of whom who said yes, and then said no. That's how our luck was during that time. We did finally get someone to take the position and I was so happy that I bought them an orchid for their first day of work. Well, they quit after six weeks. <laughs> and I remember saying to Angela, geez, man, the, the orchid lasted longer than this guy did. <laughs> it's been rough, but now Brian Hackett, Tanya Cowan, uh, Jennifer Hack, Miguel Perez have made all the difference and promoting Larry Magnuson to Director of Congregational Life was a great decision. We are so fortunate to have the crew that we have now. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. And it was, and it was, Tanya, you're, oh, Tanya, I see you, right? Hi. There's Tanya, who's done such great work. Lara, Lara's over there. Hi, Lara. I think Jennifer and Brian are doing their thing, but anyways. And here's another delight. And that's our anti-racism work. This congregation has been doing such good work on themselves for an extended period of time, which is to say that the work never ends. And we seem to have internalized that message that the work never ends as a congregation. We're just ready for it all the time. And what really delights me is that we've been able to keep this sense that this anti-racism work is also a spiritual practice. It's also a spiritual practice. At the humility, the greater compassion, the expansion of our hearts is as much a part of this work as the working for justice. There's so much more to talk about, but I gotta wrap this up so I can go on sabbatical. So. <laughs> I do wanna mention one more thing, which means of course that I'm leaving out a ton of delights. I'm really sorry about that because there's been so many. But what truly delights me is that we have a small but growing community of folks who are trans and non-binary. It means the world to me that this congregation can provide a degree of safety. We're not perfect, we microaggress sometimes, but we provide a degree of safety in a time of growing hostility. And it is a delight that this is a space of growth for all. Learning to acknowledge the richness and value of each person's life the richness and value of each person's life, even when we may not be able to particularly relate to that person. That is Unitarian Universalism at its finest. 
this non-credal church. This church, this year is not just my fourth at First Unitarian and therefore time for my sabbatical. This year is another anniversary for me. Five years ago in March, I was ordained. And as I look both backward and forward, which is part of the work of sabbatical, looking backward, looking forward, finding meaning, making purpose, I think about the act of my ordination. As part of that act of ordination, the ritual of it, the chair of the board of the church, which was First Unitarian Church of Niagara Falls, New York, tiny little church, the chair says to me in the ritual, may you minister from your whole self, heart and mind, body and spirit. May you always speak the truth as you know it with courage and wisdom. Demonstrate grace, gentleness, good humor. Celebrate the mystery and wonder of life. Share in the joys and sorrows of our human condition and embody the living tradition of our faith. And above all, serve the world with compassion and love. To which I respond in the ritual, I vow to serve with a deep sense of obligation and opportunity, mindful of the privileges and responsibilities of ministry. I vow to always remember the most vulnerable among us and work to make a more just and caring world. With all, with profound gratitude for all who have journeyed before me and beside me, I will keep alive the meanings of this service. As I think about those words, that oath, those vows, really, I think about my uncle Pierre, who was also known as Father Pierre Lavalle, Roman Catholic priest. I was at his retirement mass after 60-something years of service, and in his homily, he talked honestly about all the failings and imperfections in his service as a priest. And he said that on his tombstone, He'd like inscribe the phrase, he tried. He tried. Now, unsurprisingly, he and I had our differences. But when I think about all the ways that I've failed, I've fallen short as a minister, I so understand why he said that. And what a lesson for us as a congregation as we look back four years and as we look forward. We have lofty goals at First Unitarian. We want to do big things to make a more just and caring world. We'll fall short sometimes because we're human. But like Reverend Mark Morrison Reed tells us in the reading, together, together we see more clearly. Together we have the strength to do the big things. To look out for the most vulnerable among us to develop our spiritual resilience as a community, to journey together through life and everything that life brings, to put love at the center of everything that we do, to try, to try, to try. May it be so. Thanks, I'll see you in October. For many of us, this church is more than a building. It's more than a place to hang out with some of our favorite people. It is even more than a place to stretch our minds and foster our openness to the world. It is a place where we can be authentic with one another as we share our spirituality. Here we can be free to grow without the burdens of hierarchical religious authority. The offering is one way for us to support this safe spiritual space. Our Change for the Future partner this month, Libros for Kids, mails free books to children from birth to age five. It partners with Dolly Parton's Imagination Library. Dolly's organization was started in Tennessee in 1995 and has affected literacy rates worldwide. While Libros 
for Kids follows in her footsteps by prioritizing availability of Spanish language and bilingual books in its effort to improve literacy here in Bermelio County. You can earmark your donation for Libros for Kids by using the envelope on the back of the chair writing CFF on the envelope. Your generosity sustains this community and all the bodies in it. We will now gratefully receive the offering. Our moments of reflection and ref refreshment can be anything from an afternoon nap to the weekend, Saturday, Sunday, or maybe a vacation. And for those of us who remember that wonderful moment in the spring when you get out of school and it's summer, this song is dedicated to all of those moments. Summer's here. Thank you. On behalf of First Unitarian and on behalf of Libros for Kids, thank you so much for your generosity and thank you so much, ushers. And John has a few invitations for us this morning. Everyone's invited to contribute to the altar in honor of the victims of the survivors of the Pulse nightclub shooting on June 12th 2016, hundreds of people celebrated Pride at a Latin night at Orlando's Pulse nightclub. Around 2 a.m., a shooter entered, transforming the celebration into a scene of tragedy, loss, and survival. This altar focuses on love in a world that is often scarred by similar scenes. It's a space to celebrate, mourn, honor, and remember all impacted by violence born from the prejudice and oppression all are encouraged to Contribute, this is handed to me at the last minute. Contribute including flowers, mementos, and especially pride trinkets, notes, and artwork. Also, at two o'clock, at one o'clock today, in the Memorial Hall, please join the UU People of Color, the Social Justice Council, and the Widening of the Circle Group for screening of racially charged America's misdemeanor problem. Through first-person accounts of those charged under the Black Codes of Reconstruction Era, paralleled with the outrageous stories of people trapped in the system today, the film brings to light the unfolding of a powerful engine of profits and racial inequality. The film runs 35 minutes and then there'll be discussion that'll follow. Next week starts our new mask policy. 
And <laughs> um, Angela described it in detail last week, but you can find all those details in the newsletter. And basically at 9 a.m., uh, masks will still be required. At 11 a.m., at the service at 11 a.m., masks will be optional. So 9 o'clock required, 11 o'clock optional, and you can find more details in the newsletter. If you were not at Pride yesterday, or even if you were at the Pride Parade, you might want to go check out the amazing castle that we had on our float that was decorated and created by folks here. It is in the Memorial Hall this afternoon, so go check it out. It is awesome. And I am super excited to share that today we had a joining ceremony for youth from our congregation. And please join me in welcoming our two new youth members of the congregation, Carson Mayo and Shane Magnuson. So glad to make it official. And after the service today, you are invited for informal conversations at the chat tables, an opportunity to talk about the service today. And whether you're at the chat tables or just hanging out during coffee hour or with friends and family during the week, we invite you to explore a question together. And the question today is, how can you help create more delight at First Unitarian? How can you help create more delight here at First Unitarian? How's this mic? I want to see all that delight being made. And now we have the delight of sending Bob on his way. Bob, I'm so glad we get to do that and mean that in the most heartfelt way. Sabbaticals are an essential part of a healthy and fruitful ministry. They give ministers a chance to step away from the constant uh, unrelenting demands and deadlines and ups and downs of congregational life, all of the many, many balls we keep in the air, right? Some as light as beach balls, some are like boulders <laughs> we're tossing back and forth. Most are somewhere in between. But there's always just so many. We're always tracking and organizing and looking ahead. And so a sabbatical is a time to stop all of that and go deep. It's hard to believe it's been four years already. And also how much has happened in that time, which you did a good job with a snapshot of some of that. <laughs> and I, there's even more, of course, you know, some of the things Bob left out that I want to lift up are how um, he covered during a lot of that staff transition. He covered the director of operations position while also being the associate minister for months. He helped develop positions we hadn't had before, like technical arts director uh, and supervised people. He during all of that back behind the scenes stuff also somehow managed to be out in front in the community of Albuquerque representing UU at marches, protests, you know, organizing uh, justice things, volunteering with groups like Street Safe, um, and led fundraising campaigns throughout the process as well. He has done so much behind the scenes. I don't know what we would have done without him. So thank you, Bob. Yes. Now you get to tend your spirit and go have some experiences that you can come back and tell us about in the fall. For example, the Camino de Santiago Spiritual Pilgrimage, which is how many miles? 470. 470 miles. <laughs> we'll see how that goes. Bob, may every one of those miles be worry-free, at least about this church. <laughs> Do not worry about us. Enjoy. Uh, and we have a gift for you. And also, I actually, before I do that, I see that you're ready to go. Like you've stu right. he's stuffed a, this is not light, by the way. This is heavy. There, there you go. Okay. Feels good. Feels, Feels good. good. <laughs> Get used to it, man. Yeah, right. <laughs> uh, scallop shells are a symbol uh, along the Camino de Santiago. Um, they've become a traditional symbol. You'll see them like on walls or the ground as waypointers, so they're like little arrows. And the travelers along the Camino also often wear them, like a scallop shell, um, as a symbol of being one of the, the folks on the pilgrimage and they can identify each other and build community. So we have for Bob this morning his first scallop shell of the journey. This one is a vintage 
silver scallop shell from Mexico. So who knows, maybe it's been along that journey before. This is the funny part where I try to get it on him without knocking off his ears or glasses. <laughs> I'm going to make another cord. <laughs> it's not going anywhere. I am so grateful to be serving a congregation that recognizes the value of rest and renewal. And uh, it's a very generous thing. And also, I do want to say, I came to this church because I knew I wasn't ready I wasn't fully formed as a minister. And the last four years, Angela, Reverend Angela, has formed me as the minister that I want to be. And I'm so grateful for that. Aww. So thanks for making me. <laughs> thanks for making me the minister. I am so grateful. So, thanks so much, y'all. I invite everybody to rise in body or spirit for our peace greeting. And let's start with Bob. Peace and blessings to you. And then to each other, friends, peace to all. For Bob, we wish for Bob a four months of Saturdays of that joyful delight of a Saturday. And I invite you to sing along with me if you know the words, or you can be the horns.
Go in peace. Go in peace and practice radical love. Go in peace and practice radical love. I'll miss you.